0: You're listening to Don't Be an Asshole, a spiritual guide, a podcast where we discuss life, music, and spirituality. I'm your host, Eric Tommuir. Well, would you look at that? It's episode number five, part two of my interview with Joey O, my good friend. I'm looking forward to getting this thing going. The third part to the little series I've been doing, Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, is your mind. What does that mean? Well, I think that to love God with all your mind is to acknowledge that we have this brain and that we can learn. And so we should learn all we can about all we can. If you have an aptitude for science, then learn everything you can about science. There's so much information out there. I think it honors God to get as much education as possible. It doesn't mean degrees. It doesn't mean going to college. It doesn't mean anything institutional It just means read, learn, observe, put all the information you can in your head because God created this big, beautiful brain of yours and you can use it. It's not a sin to get educated. It doesn't take anything away from your wonder or your soul or the beautiful things that are all around us. So I say to love God with all your mind means to learn everything you can about everything you can, and then that honors God. All right, let's keep going. I'm excited to begin a brand new segment this time, and it's going to be, I don't know, until I decide not to do it anymore. It's called All Time Ten. All Time Ten is basically my personal top 10 list, and it's going to be every week something either incredibly broad or ridiculously specific. Uh, For the next few weeks, I'm going to be breaking down the different segments of my favorite players in a classic rock five-piece band, you know, drummer, bass, rhythm guitar, lead guitar, lead singer. I'm going to start with the drummers, and we're going to work from there, and it's going to be my list, my, who I think is the best. Starting with number 1, going down to number 10. I'm not going to go backwards, I like to go forward. Number 1 is John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. Greatest drummer in the world, in history, no one better. Number 1. Number 2 would be Ginger Baker. And he's way, way up there. He would be 1B, but I, when I watched his documentary on Netflix, turns out the guy was such an asshole that nobody really wanted to work with him. So, there you go, number 2. Number 3 is Charlie Watts from The Rolling Stones. The dude was a human metronome, never missed a beat, kept timing. Watches don't keep time better than Charlie Watts. Number four will be Mitch Mitchell from the Jimi Hendrix Experience. He might not be as a complete drummer as the others on the list, maybe even below him, but his work on the snare drum, just listen to Jimi Hendrix's song, Fire, and tell me that Mitch Mitchell isn't an amazing drummer. Number five for me is Keith Moon from The Who, amazing. Number six is Ringo Starr. Just keep it simple. Stay in the pocket. Be creative. Every song's a little bit different. Super awesome. Number seven for me is Neil Peart from Rush. Um, Neil Peart and the next guy on this list, Alex Van Halen, might be higher on the list, but they didn't get started until the late 70s. They're more considered 80s guys, but they got started and had really good, good, amazing albums in the late 70s. So seven is Neil Peart. Eight is Alex Van Halen. Number nine is Stuart Copeland from The Police. Number 10 is Bill Ward from Black Sabbath. All of these guys are going to be in the fantasy rock draft that I'm going to do in a few weeks. You want to be a part of it? Hit me up in the Instagram direct message. That's Don't Be an Asshole, A Spiritual Guide, all one word. Looking forward to it. All right. What a moment. Something to hold on to for the rest of your life. Yeah, Yeah, I've heard it a million times, but I've never heard it from you. That's awesome. You know, and I think that's spiritual, man. Jesus, you probably heard this a million times. Yeah, I have, but I've never heard it from you before. I love it. That's awesome. Or, you know, just to anybody in the world, you know, you've probably said a lot of things to a lot of people, but when you say it. When you say you matter to somebody who's never heard it before, yeah. it makes an impact. Yeah. It's that freaking starfish you throw back into the ocean. It made a difference. It makes an impact. And I will never forget that story as long as I live. It's, that's the kind of stuff that keeps me going. Uh, but, yeah, go ahead.
1: That, that, that's exactly what uh, one of the things that I've been reflecting on this last couple of years since Cityscape closed, which is is just at what point in that person's journey... Did you make it, you know, contribute to their their journey and, and them coming into belief or coming into faith? And so many people, so many pastors, so many individuals, so many churches feel like, well, we're not a 300 or 3,000 people. But that doesn't mean you didn't contribute to their journey at yeah. some point. You weren't the person, like you said, you know, I never heard it from you. You know, you may have played a, a, a part in their journey.
0: So, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was uh, impactful to me, and I mean, the Beatles are my favorite band of all time. There are songs to me, music, There's very little things in life that are that are more spiritual than music. Universal. Yeah, it's universal. It's the art that you can look at paintings, you can look at photographs, and some people some people get really emotional about those things. Some people get really emotional about film. I do think film is a very approachable medium for art that touches a lot of people but not in the same way music does no
1: music food and sex <laughs> yeah
0: it yeah <laughs> it it just brings people together and i used to be one of those assholes that were like you like that kind of music um that's not real music. Let me introduce you to real music. Yeah. But now I'm at the point point in place where I'm like, I am so glad you have something that moves your soul. Yeah. I'm not going to download the new Drake album. I don't care if all 25 tracks are in the top 100.
1: <laughs> you and me both. I'm
0: not yeah. doing that. Yeah. And I'm not hating on Drake. I just, but, I'm yeah. not a big hip hop guy. Yeah. When someone, like when I saw <clears throat> a behind the music on uh, Ice Cube, a VH1 behind the music, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I think this guy's pretty cool. I didn't go buy an album though. Yeah. You know, but I was like, okay, I get him now. Yeah. And so, and the thing is when I learn something about somebody, I'm a big fan all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, When you're invested in their personal life and I spent an hour and some time watching VH one in the middle of a night at a hotel, you know? So I'm like, okay, now I like this guy. It's a very personal thing, you know? Yeah. But music is to me, it's the most visceral art form. It's, on the surface because it's so deep in you and it just kind of comes out and for me there are certain songs that take me back every time I hear it, even if it's just for a brief moment the song will come on and at least for a second I'm automatically transported to a part in my past mm. do you have anything like that where you hear a song and it always takes you to the
1: same memory man there's so many songs like that that uh, really hit me um, I would think probably I'm a huge Uh, Wu-Tang fan I'm a huge Method Man fan and so uh, probably uh, you're all I need with Method Man and Mary J. Blige oh wow Um, that that kind of rendition that they did uh, really just it's just amazing Um, my wife and I both love it it just I think it represents uh, a, a point in time in our relationship and uh, just everything that he's talking about and, and how he, your spouse, your significant other, your loved one has uh, how special they make you feel um, and and the different type of person that you become with them. So, yeah, that, that song really just uh, anytime that song comes on, you can guarantee it. My wife and I are, are singing. She's singing the hook. I'm doing the lyrics in the car and when we're having a full out karaoke in the car. So,
0: so it takes you back to the early part of your relationship. Yeah. When did uh, that song
1: come out? Uh, I would have to say... Uh, I would have to say early '90s. I'm, I'm thinking around '94, something okay. like that. '95. Yeah,
0: the song I'm thinking of right now, um, it always takes me back. I, I love the song. It's a kind of a weird song. It came out in 1971. It's called "Lola" by the Kinks. Okay. The song is about a guy goes to a bar, picks up a woman. It's not a woman. It's a man. Oh and wow! It's a kind of a funny song, you know, and. The, you know, because you it's it. based on a true story. The uh, producer for the Kinks went out and he danced with this girl all night long. And then he noticed stubble, like when the lights hit her a certain way. And he's like, <laughs> oh, okay. And it was a funny song because it was an accepting song, you know. And it was a song that, hey, you be you is kind of the thing. Gotcha. But the last line of the song, and I was this, what, the memory that comes to my head with this song is I was listening to it in the car. With my youngest brother, Will, when he was like 10, and he's 30 now, 31 years old now. So this is 21 years ago. We were driving around in my car, and that song was on, and he was just jamming out because he loves music too. He loves about all the same music I do. And it gets to the very last song. It's like, I'm not the world's most masculine man, but I know what I am, and I'm glad I'm a man, and so is Lola. And he looked right at me and just had this look of like, what the hell? You know, on his face. And I looked at him, I'm like, Yeah, it's the first song about a transvestite that, oh. you know, made popular radio. And he was like, What is that? You know? And I'm like, Oh, okay, let me explain to you what that is. And so that was his uh, foray into what what that is. But I I just always even if I if even if I don't think of that memory for a while during that song. As soon as it gets there, I always think of my little brother when he was like 10 or 11 years yeah. old and think of that moment and the look on his face. And it's it's a good memory. It's a moment. It's a moment in my life. And I have dozens and dozens of uh, other songs. I'll go ahead and uh, tell another one. When I first went to the Bible college we went to, I wasn't familiar with a lot of worship songs. Mm, you and me I've? Have- yeah. Um, there was one they always played. Ancient of Days. Ancient oh. of Days. They played it every day for like two <laughs> months in chapel. Like and a th-
1: radio station playing
0: yeah. it out. But the thing is, they had a different worship team every day. Yeah. So it wasn't like the same people. It was this, this, the different worship team thought that was the song that we needed. And <laughs> I, someone walked by my dorm room one time when I was playing guitar, like one time. And they were like, oh, you're pretty good. I was like okay. And they're like, do you want to play with us in chapel tomorrow? And I'm like, okay, sure. And then I got asked to play like all the time. And finally, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh man. I played it differently every time too. I was like, (laughs) no, thank you.
1: (laughs) Oh man. That's crazy. So what else is happening in your life right now? Nothing, man. Just, um, Trying to get by, thinking about moving back to the IE, mm. um, where it's a little more affordable than LA. Man, you kill yourself out here trying to just make it. Getting ready to start thinking about at least preparing myself, myself emotionally. Been preparing myself emotionally the last two years about getting back into ministry and planting and and all of that. So um, just working through the The idea of that i mean up till up until three days ago we almost moved back to texas like on like like that my wife had a transfer ready we were ready to go for her job we were ready to go Had the money to move and we we're just like uh, me anyways so i was just like i'm a cali boy i can't do it anymore i need i need to stay right here and so just uh working that all out yeah there's a lot to work
0: out my wife and i've been kicking oklahoma around again mm. just because it's so cheap yeah exactly
1: and all of our family is there exactly but we've been we've been we've gone back from chicago texas staying in california chicago texas at one time vegas the last two years we've gone through that cycle probably about three times four mm-hmm. times and you know finally settling. Hopefully we're settling. Every time we say we're like, we make a decision, give it a month or so. And we're just like, start kicking around that idea again. For
0: me, I I resigned from ministry two years ago. You know, what's amazing to me is you and I had completely different upbringings. Yeah. But somehow, somewhere along the way, we've hit a kind of a parallel path. Yeah. We, We both went to Sagu. We both, um, you know, and we both moved to Texas to go to Bible college we both came back out. I, I'm not from California, but I came to California in 2005 after a long time in ministry, yeah. and been doing ministry. We both kind of. I didn't get burned out with with our denomination. I just got knew I was ready for something different. But then, it was just weird when you're involved, when you're a credential holder. Every once in a while, they call you if you made a little mistake on your money or something like that. That's the truth. And it's just like, oh, first, I just want to see how you're doing. Oh, I'm doing fine. Okay, well, now that we got that out of the way, here's the real reason we're calling. Mm-hmm. And since I've let my uh, credentials lapse, I haven't had one phone call. Not one call. Yeah. I haven't had anyone calling like, you know. Um, I bet there might've been an issue or it must've been a problem or maybe you were depressed or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and I don't blame them because they're a big organization and they got a lot to do, but nobody, nobody reached
1: out. Yeah. Yeah. I I call bullshit that they, somebody should have reached out. They don't, they don't, like you said, they're a big organization, but your job is to care for the rest of the ministers. You're not pastoring a church, your job is to care for the rest of the ministers. And so in that, yeah, somebody should have called you. The only time someone called me is the minute I said something about them. As soon as I posted something about them, well, I got a call within five minutes.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. And I'm not trying there's a lot of good people in our fellowship. In our former fellowship, I should yeah. say. And I I left with in pretty good standing. And then I, I kept my credentials for like a year, year and a half. And then I'm like, you know what? Because I kept thinking maybe I'm going to do something in ministry again. But the further away I got from it, the more I realized that I'm I'm a little happier with voiceover. I'm a little happier with trying to be an actor. But I still had, and it was proven with all the uber conversations I was having, an ability to connect with people on a spiritual level. Mm. And I still wanted to talk about things spiritually. So that's where this podcast idea came from. Gotcha. Originally, it was just going to be five-minute YouTube clips, little sermonettes. But then I thought, you know, let's have some real conversations. Then for me, my favorite, not my favorite, but I think the most important verses in the Bible are Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, where Jesus says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and the prophets hang on this. And for me, the breakdown to that is the breakdown of this podcast. Yeah. Love God, love people, and don't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what all major religions and I think the Bible boil down to. Love God, love people, and don't, don't be, an be an asshole. asshole. Yeah. Because that's how you do it. How do you love... God created the heavens and the earth. We kind of settled on that as part of our theology. Yeah. How do you love God? Well, you can't really show God the same kind of love, you know, worship and uh, praise and prayer and spending time with Him. But some people spend so much time loving God in their heads and their minds, and they think in their hearts, but they're not giving people any love. And I, as a father, if people treat my kids well, I am a lot more prone to think that they love me. Mm. Um, and so God created people, and He created the earth. And whether he did that in seven days or whether he did it through a billion years of evolution, yeah, uh, he did it. He's the immovable mover. So I that's what I believe. I've made that, that leap of faith that God did all that. He created all that. The best way I can show love for God is by taking care of the planet he created because in Genesis he says you have dominion over it. It doesn't yeah. mean you should trash it. Yeah. You know, because I think some people think, "Well, I have dominion over it. I can do whatever the hell I want to with it." No, nope. but I I recycle, you know. Yeah. I I when I see someone litter, I'm like, "What the hell, dude?" And I, I try to go get it if I can. Yeah. Um and then I give them the look, you know. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, "Why?"
1: So you could probably going to be giving me the look one day then. Yeah.
0: I, I I try to take care of yeah. planet Earth the best I can. I'm, I'm not a vegan or anything like that. You know, I had a delicious leg of lamb sandwich last night. <laughs> um, but so I mean, I may not be the most sustainable person, but I believe that sustainability is important, and that's part one. Part two is loving people. God created people. We're supposed to take care of them. How do you love people? And that's where the third part comes in. You start out by not being an asshole. Yeah, there it is because sometimes people are just thoughtless and selfish and to me that's what being an asshole is being an asshole isn't being hitler yeah you know that's being evil being an asshole is just being thoughtless and careless and selfish that's the and truth. We're, and we all are yeah everybody is but we should mitigate that the best we can by looking at the world looking at people and just trying our best we're going to fail but let's try our best just to
1: not be assholes. Yeah, it's, that, that is exactly it. I mean, I, I tell my wife so often, you know, part of my my journey since, you know, everything we've gone through and several other people and multiple people have gone through with the fellowship we were a part of, the denomination we were a part of, uh, has created this anger and, and, uh, in me. And, and I've, I've started to realize that, you know, over the last couple of years, like I lose... I, almost almost embarrassed to say i lose hope in humanity almost every day like i see them do something so selfless or so inconsiderate of other people or a group of people or you know as we started out with our conversation earlier politics and just i lose hope in humanity all the time like why would you do that to someone else or why wouldn't you do that for someone else how could you be such so self consume such an asshole, such a jerk, so inconsiderate of other people that you would do any number of things, you Yeah. Know? Well,
0: That kind of leads into like my last question, how I want to end the podcast with politics the way it is with knowing the things we know scientifically, politically, knowing, you know, the way people are why are you still leaning into spirituality why do you still believe what you believe
1: you know that that's a very difficult question for me at this point in my in my faith journey i like to use it that way cuz it's i've learned that it's not a destination unlike so many people which in the evangelical world which is like you get your your list of doctrines in order and you're set yeah, fire insurance yeah exactly and you're set <laughs> fire insurance <laughs> yeah and you're set you know and and we assume it's that way but it, it's so much more it, it's this journey that entails um a lot of hurt unfortunately entails a lot of ups and downs at this point in my journey though the reason i'm leaning into uh my spirituality um is, is exactly what you're saying is is the asshole part of people and um, and w- what what I mean by that is that I've I've come to a point in my faith where I'm starting to realize more more of the importance of the social aspects of it than the sacramental aspects of it the liturgical aspects of it all of those types of things that we observe uh, in services and. I'm realizing that there's more significance, to a degree, in the uh, the personal aspects of not just not being an asshole to people, but helping people advance their lives and move further. And so, at this point, I, I think the only reason I'm leaning into spirituality is I feel a sense of not just obligation, but a heartbreak for. Um, some of the things I see people having to endure. Mm-hmm. Um things that myself I've had to endure and seeing others people as having now having to endure. And I want to be a help, a solution, an encouragement to that. I think that is part of what's obligated of us as a believer, as a Christian, as a whatever you want to call yourself. I think that's what God obligates of us. I think the problem is we've gotten so caught up in our As we said earlier, our doctrine, having our fire insurance and really caught up in our egos and our and to put pastors out there caught up in securing that check. Unfortunately, that we're unwilling to change certain things that are actually going to be more of a benefit to people than conducting services. Yeah.
0: Of course, corporate worship is a wonderful thing to be a part of in whatever system Mm. that you choose to be in i really enjoy a a good liturgical uh situation you know me too but i i'm I'm gonna butcher uh what she said but there's a stand-up comedian uh named taylor tomlinson i saw on uh conan or i saw on youtube off of conan gotcha and she said something about still believing in god but probably because she just has so much time invested in the in the belief. Because if there's no God, she told the wind a lot of secrets, mm. and so I just always think about that. It's funny. So we do have a lot of our time in our past invested into this idea. But I I still lean in because of the experiences I've had. You yeah. know, I know that there is something bigger than me out there. I probably at some point misinterpreted part of it of God, of the entire faith story, but I'm going to keep leaning into it anyway. And hopefully that grace that we believe in so much is big enough to cover any of my theological inconsistencies. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have the grace to allow God's grace to cover somebody else's theological inconsistencies. Yeah. And hope that, uh, you know, we can all get along
1: while we're here. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, part of, what I just said in reference to my why I still lean in is is you know a lot of people who don't believe say you know you just have this faith because you're scared of the afterlife or what may come after or whatnot and i and I think part of my belief still is that I see so much hurt yeah. I see so much damage. I mean I gotta believe that that hopefully there'll be something to resolve. To heal to all of this pain, hurt, tragedy.
0: And I I think we need it here on earth more than we do in the afterlife. Mm. You know, we need that relationship. We need that counselor more in what we know exists. Because people are like, oh man. Some people, they talk about the afterlife and their hope, their entire hope is heaven. And sometimes I'm like... Wouldn't it be great if there was nothing
1: after escapism? Yeah, yeah.
0: if it was just a dirt nap forever, mm. and that would not be scary to me. Some people think that would be way too scary, and the thought of heaven is the peace. Mm. The thought of heaven and hell is pretty anxiety ridden to me. Yeah, um, I believe in heaven, which is probably why I have anxiety. Yeah. Um, oh, I hear you. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So I don't believe that once you die, that's it. But I think what, what a relief it would be, you know, if you, if that was true Yeah. now, of course I'm saying that out loud and hearing that, I'm like, eh, maybe not again. It's one of those things that I'm, that I'm working out in my faith journey as I'm going and I'm open to being wrong. What I'm not open to, I'm open to people calling me out on be, being wrong too, but just not being assholes about it. So, you hear that? <laughs> Those of you who knew me growing up and like I can't believe he said that. I still don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and you don't know either. Yeah, exactly. John. <laughs> I just made the most common name I could think of. You know. <laughs> anyway. Oh, wow. Hey man, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. All right. All right. Hey kids, don't be assholes. <laughs>